Welcome to season two, episode eight of Monday State of Mind, brought to you by the Harmony Foundation. My name is Michael Mazel, and I am your host. Solo mission today, ladies and gents. What? Oh, that's right. Michael is coming in hot with another solo, another story, another topic to talk about to be able to have you guys move the needle, to be able to build yourself up to be a better human being. And also I will say Monday state of mind is also about awareness, right? Not only are we building better humans here on Monday state of mind, I feel like we're also instilling a level of awareness within all of you to be able to be like, Hey, what am I doing? Well, what am I not doing? Well, what am I choosing not to recognize? Maybe after listening to this episode, Hey, I'm going to choose to recognize this and move through it so that I can get to the other side and continue to find more freedom and continue to grow, right? Am I right? Is that what we're all about? Yes. Okay. We're going to talk about community. Community is super important. And the story I'm going to tell you guys is super personal. And it's one that has allowed me to reflect and be so grateful that I have moved through this, I will say this story and come out on the other side, feeling so much more connected. And I'll say even powerful as a human being because of the community I've created. So we always say in recovery, it's a lonely journey if you try to do it by yourself. So that's why it's important that no matter what we get connected. That's why we always say, especially when we are a 12-step program here up at Harmony Foundation, we talk about meetings. We talk about the importance of sponsorship. We talk about the importance of changing your sandbox, your playground, so that you can connect with people that are like-minded, right? And so that's what I did when I got sober. I immersed myself in community because I did not want to be alone, and I knew how important it was for me to share with other people what was going on so that I could continue to grow and evolve in recovery and so that I wouldn't feel alone and isolated in my head. What I will tell you guys is, yes, I am a girl. Hello. And the one thing that I, for the last, I will actually say for the first six-ish years of my recovery, I wanted nothing to do with women. I know it's hard to believe maybe for some of you, but at my core, I am a guy's gal. I really relate to to men. I love hanging out with the dudes. I love everything that is about being a tomboy. I mean, come on, let's be real. My name's Michael. My dad had three girls growing up in Telluride, Colorado. Of course, I'm a tomboy. Let's be real. So when I got into recovery, yes, I did have, and I still have a female sponsor, but I just stuck with the guys. And I really connected And really enjoyed the conversations that I was having with them. And I always, I will say from the moment I got sober, I did put a barrier up towards women. And the reason I had this barrier towards women in recovery is because I was still wedded to stories pre-sobriety that you can't trust women. Women are gossip queens. Women are backstabbers. Women are fake as all get out. 
they really don't care about you. Women cause chaos. And I was like, I am not even going to try to build a community of women. I want to stay as far away from women as possible and stay with what's familiar. And that worked for a long time in my sobriety. Well, not like I've been sober forever, but it worked for the first you know, six years or so in my recovery until when I moved, when I moved to Salida, Colorado, that is when I really was taken away from my community of guys that were up in the uh, Denver area. And these are like my homies. These are the guys that know everything about me. We text all the time. We talk about intimate things because that's who I've opened up to. And what I knew to be true is that when I moved that I needed to find more community because I could not just rely on texts and phone calls. I needed that in-person connection. I had heard that when I moved down to Salida, Colorado, that there was a contingency of amazing women in recovery. And I wish I could tell you why, but there was something, you know, that happened inside me. And I will say like the big book talks about an internal rearrangement. I remember talking with my husband about this and I was like, you know, it was maybe divine intervention. My old home group up in Denver was on Tuesday nights. And that's when all of the guys in in myself and Jesse got together. And it was like the most amazing hour and a half, two hours, three hours we spent together, pre-meeting, meeting after the meeting. And when I moved to Salida, what do you know? On Tuesday nights, that is when the women's meeting was happening at the same time as the old meeting I went to up in Denver. And I remember looking at my husband and I was like, maybe this is a sign. Like, what if the stories I've told myself about women, even women in recovery, being backstabbers, causing chaos, they're dramatic, they aren't authentic. Like, what if I become willing? What if I choose to drop that fear, right? Like I've always said, since I came back to Monday State of Mind, fear is an underlier in everything we do. And so I was like, what if I just try this, you know, Jesse? And he was like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? This is an opportunity. And let me tell you guys, I was cringing. I was like, oh my God, I don't, I just, I don't know. And so I was like, you know, Tuesday came around. I got on my bike and I was like, okay, I'm going to go check this out. So I rode my bike to the church and I went down into that basement, you know, like, cause that's where most AA meetings are in church basements. And for whatever reason, you guys, when I walked into that basement and I saw all of these women, something shifted and the women came up to me and they were so nice. They introduced themselves to me. They were actually asking about like, oh, who are you? Are you a visitor? Like, are you living here? You know, and I got to share about, hey, I just moved here. And I was immediately swarmed with love. And I literally just told myself, Michael, be willing. You like, you have nothing to lose. And so I'm telling you, there were so many women in that meeting. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have never seen this many women in one meeting, even in a big city. But for whatever reason, there's there's some magic in recovery with women in Salida. And so as uncomfortable as I was that first meeting, 
before I left, like a good steward of recovery, I got phone numbers from these women. And I'm telling you guys in the back of my head, when women were giving me their numbers, I was like, yeah, I'm never texting you. Yep. Thanks. Great. Great. Thanks for the number. Yep. Nope. Not going to text you, you know, because I was still like, as much as I was telling myself to be willing, I was just, I had these stories and I was like, oh, just this, this mind game. And so I left the meeting. And when I went home, I talked to my husband. I said, you know, this was a really great meeting. And there was a lot of fear of just continuing to open myself up. But I was like, you know what, Michael, like you have nothing to lose. And what I also knew to be true is that I was craving that in-person camaraderie and connection that I still had with all of, with all of the homies back up on the front range. So I texted. I did. I, can you believe it? I know. I know. I started reaching out to these women and they texted back. And the more I started to hang out with these women, I was like, oh my gosh, they are not like what I thought they would be. I had imposed these expectations. I had imposed all of these beliefs and they were being squashed. I want to tell you guys, and I know this might not be true for every women's meeting, you know, I know that, but what I feel like what was happening for me in that moment and meeting these women, it was a God moment. It was a spiritual moment that was gifted to me and I chose to capitalize and be willing. So since then, since being down in Slida where I reside, I have formed the most amazing bonds with these women. And I would say with a solid group of about 13 of us, we're all on a group text And it is the most beautiful text. And I didn't realize how much I was missing a feminine, a feminine energy to my recovery, a whole other aspect. And like I said, in recovery, it's a journey and we're always ebbing and flowing. And what I know to be true now is that for my recovery, for where I'm at right now with my community, I have been called to really surround myself with strong, powerful, authentic women. And I'm telling you, like, even to this day, my husband, my husband will look at me and he's like, you have women friends. I'm like, honey, I have women friends. <laughs> or I'll be like, honey, I'm going to go biking with a bunch of women because out of this, you guys, out of meeting all these women and choosing to be willing and to just be like, Michael, like, let's do this. Not only are have they become, most of them become amazing friends to me in recovery and in the room. They also do rad activities with me. We go biking together. We go rafting together. You know, we go to dinners together. We go to concerts together. And I never in a million years thought that I would be hanging out with women. But here we are. Here we are. And man, you guys, what a gift to want to be willing. And my recovery has never been stronger, I will say. My recovery has never felt more complete because to me, I feel like, you know what, maybe that was a missing link. And that also I know to be true is that I probably wasn't supposed to meet these women until now, until when I moved and realized that I needed to find a sense of community. So I share this with all of you when it comes to community and especially this transition, because it's important for us to realize that sometimes we all grow through changes in our lives. And that as we grow, we still need to have community. We still need to have people that we can reach out to, that we can connect with. 
because it's important. It's important that we don't try to do this thing alone. What I also will say about community is that as much as it's important to have that in-person connection every day, it's also important to whether or not you get to see somebody every day. Another big factor that is so critical to my recovery is being able to, if I don't get to a meeting, if I don't get to go to a meeting that I at least text or call another human in recovery, whether it's a woman or not. And this is going to deviate a little bit, talking a little bit more about everyday community, as opposed to just being open to the the women aspect, because this is really important too. When I, when talking about community, you guys, is that if you can't see somebody in person or go to a meeting, call or text somebody that is in recovery, that is doing the thing that you're doing, because When you text or call somebody, you never know if by you texting or calling that you are saving their life or that maybe they are in such a way and you decide to text that a person, I'll just go with the name Sally because that just came to my mind. You know, if you decide to text Sally, you never know that that text was exactly what she needed to get out of the funk that she was in when, you know, all you were doing was texting because that's what you know to do and you were being of service, you were helping somebody. And so never, ever underestimate the power of taking a minute, less than a minute, 30 seconds, 10 seconds to text somebody that is doing the thing that you're doing so that you know that, hey, I'm not alone. And at least today, even if I couldn't get to a meeting, I made that connection. I connected with somebody that is on the same journey as me, that understands where I'm at. And even if you engage in a quick text back and forth, it's like, hey, I got you and you got me. We are on like team sobriety, team recovery. Let's do this. So that's important to me. Even if I text a funny bitmoji, I have a slew of friends that I text every day in recovery, whether it's a bitmoji, it's, hey, I'm grateful for you because I mean it and because I want to do it. And it's something that is such a vital part of my recovery in regards to if I ever feel like I can't do something or if I'm up against something, I'm training my brain to be able to reach out. Because if I didn't train my brain every single day to reach out to somebody in moments of uncertainty, in moments of feeling frozen, I probably wouldn't reach out. And now like that's the first thing I do is I'm like, hey, I'm not doing good. I need to reach out. So it is helping me with life-saving skills. Texting, phone calls every day, life-saving. I'm telling you guys, at its core, it is. Okay? Ah, This is rich, right? I mean, what a rich episode. I mean, going from exposing my loathe of women to talking about the importance of texting and calling somebody every day. I mean, who? Common thread here, guys. Community. Embrace change. Embrace opportunity to look at things differently. Challenge yourself with any stories you have about certain communities that could be denying you growth and amazing friendships. Challenge yourself. Ask yourself that. Ever since that happened for me with the women, I'm like, hot damn, I'll be damned if I ever let a story like that deny me an amazing experience like what I've been having for the last several months with being in Salida. 
So that is what I have for you. Community, storytelling, debunk any myths, choose to have community every single day, whether in person or on the phone. That's why we have phones. They are brilliant. (sighs) Heck yeah. Sobriety, this business of recovery, it's so rad. Now, ladies and gents, before we part ways, I want to remind you that help is available. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, please reach out to the Harmony Foundation at 970-586-4491. Just remember that together we build better humans. And I'll also say on this episode, we build better and stronger communities. All right, you guys, I'll see you next week. 